0: Right, everyone welcome to episode 73 of Tunesmate I'm Mark and I'm Ray And Ray this week we had an opportunity to catch up with Chip Zanuff Now you remember he comes from the band Enoughs Enough and they had a couple hits back in the 80s and then Nirvana came along
1: Yeah I remember them very distinctly they were getting some good rotation on MTV had uh, two songs off their self-titled debut album, right? Enough's Enough, New Thing, and Fly High Michelle. Neither one t- hit the top 40, but I remember them being on the Hot 100. This was back when I used to, you know, have a subscription to Billboard and was watching the Hot 100 every every week. And I remember them on on MTV, again, high rotation, and they were that sort of glam rock of the 1980s and, you know, that seemed to be kind of still going in 1990, 91 with, you know, Poison, Motley Crue, etc. And then, like you said, Fall of 91, Nirvana hits and, and the whole world changes.
0: Yeah. And I love their songs when they came out. I mean, you talked about so many songs that you turned up. I turned these things up. I don't know what it was, <laughs> with the the guitar and the the rhyming and the way they put the music together. Then I even bought their next disc strength, which was really good. I mean, it had a lot of good songs on it, but then there was no radio play. I even bought their third album, which was called animals with human intelligence, a lot of good catchy hooks. And that was during college. And then after that, I just kind of lost track of the band for a while. And I heard many cuts that were out there because you put Pandora on or Spotify and they just kind of mix in some other songs. And recently you posted something on Tunesmate. I was like, enough's enough. That's right. And that's what I just love about everything that we do is that it just sparks a memory of something you totally forgot about. And this band had a really good mark with me right out of the gate and it it's just amazing that they're still going. I mean, they've they've done 17 albums.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really didn't realize that. I remember that, like you, I remember their first and second album. I didn't remember their third album. I, I mean, I peripherally kind of remember it, but I, you know, I really was the first two that hit me. And so, yeah, it's just amazing that they've kept it going. And, it, you know, it's really a, a testament that they're interested in just keep making music.
0: Yeah. And we talked about that through this whole pandemic how all these bands, have all this time to still create music. But if you look through their catalog, I mean, it's every couple of years they're putting something out and you're right. I mean, it's talking to chip in this interview. I asked him that. I said, what keeps you going? He's just, it's just the love of music. And it's just something that he feels that he was just meant to do. And let's just jump right into the interview. When we come back, we'll, talk about everything that went down
2: i have the honor of being joined by Chip enough how are you very good mark this will be nice chatting a little bit of music i haven't done any interviews in the last uh, month or so as i've been on tour for a while uh, actually the whole year i've been on tour but it's nice to be able to sit back and take it easy and i have to worry about uh, another show to do as i'm off now until the end of the month so i got a little time to do my radio show and uh, and do some interviews. I, this is the first one I've done in a while, so I, I, I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, and I saw, is it, did I see yours were touring with Glenn Hughes? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the Glenn Hughes, Enough's Enough Bad Marriage Tour. It starts in February of 2024, but I leave, uh, I just came back from a Glenn Hughes tour with Yngwie Melmsteen here in the United States. And uh, at the end of the month, I go back out with Ingve over to Europe. I start in Belfast and I work my way through uh, England and then in, into Italy, four or five shows in Italy. So it's a quick little eight, nine day run over in Europe. I'm excited about that. It's uh, a Steve Ramone group, along with uh, the guys from the London Choir Boys. They'll be playing with me. And. Uh, and then Yngwie Malmsteen, there's another band in the to bill, too. It's a three-band bill. And it goes out, that uh, it, it starts on the 1st of November of Belfast. That's amazing. And
0: I know this is a common question, but it always seems like the audiences between the United States and Europe, there's a big difference. Is that something that you continually see,
2: or is that just cliche? No, it's always exciting to leave home and go play another part of the world. And if anybody knows who you are, it's definitely an added bonus. Uh, they're both great. I love touring United States. I love touring Europe. Uh, I can't say I, that Europe is, uh, holds a candle to the, uh, what's in the United States or vice versa. They're both great in their own ways. Uh, it's, I like traveling around the world and seeing everything. When I was a young kid, my grandpa used to always say, and my father, uh, go see the whole world. Most people work nine to five jobs. They have in the same old doldrum every day. And I, and I get it. It takes a lot of discipline to be able to do a job like that. As I've done in in my early days, but there's nothing like being able to take it on the road, go see different people, some other cultures out there. You get a chance to get a chance to you know slip into and and, and embrace. And uh, I like I like people over across the pond. I, th- I think it's a lot. There's a lot of history over in Europe that obviously we only know about from the stories. So when you get a chance to go and visit. Uh, Some of the great venues they have around the world is uh, some wonderful studios and great boutiques and nice shops and and record stores and churches. And it's always exciting. Uh, And that's what I love about touring. To grab all those little moments that you don't get a chance to do in normal life. Uh, And this job has afforded me the opportunity to go around the world and play my songs. It's really a a gift. Uh, It's a blessing from above.
0: Yeah, and I I saw you released a new album last year, Finer Than Sin, and I went through it, and I liked how you you kind of kicked it off and ended it on an instrumental. And what was the inspiration behind that album? Because I definitely felt a lot of catchy hooks, and there was a lot to it. I I'm trying to put my finger
2: on it, but I'd love to hear your perspective of that album. Well, first of all, I. That first track, Soundcheck, that's exactly what it is. We're in the studio, we're plugging in, we're making sure our sounds are good and uh, getting ready to play and record some songs. And I just like the vibe, the timbre of it. I thought it felt real nice. It wasn't like a contrived record, like, okay, well, here's the first song and it's going to be the single. I just want to try something new. I thought it was an interesting approach to take to making a record. And uh, coincidentally, we do that song, we end the night every night with that song. Okay. Uh, when, when you come see us in concert. But I thought it was a great way to start the record off and just to say hello. A great introduction. Uh, just a, a nice little rock song. It's got some nice melody to it and some good guitar. And uh, it shows another side of Enough's Enough because I think this, you know, if you look at all of our records, I believe this is uh, Fire and Sin would be, I think, our 19th or 20th album. So that's a, that's a lot of catalog right there. I think we have like 300 songs on Spotify. It's un, unreal to be able to. Uh, Live in this day and age, and go look at all the songs that we've recorded and put out there, and it's, it's living testimony that I don't want to say that we're profound or prolific because it, it wouldn't be very modest to me, but uh, we certainly have a good work ethic. And I think the songs are—they're uh, all different, and there's—it's uh, all different stories, and it's songs about everyday experiences that we've went through, and perhaps the audience as well. And I wonder when I when I'm in a studio, traveling around the country, and I'm. Hanging out with different bands when they're making their records, I watched their approach to it and it's not not much different than what Enough's Enough does. In the early days when we'd make records and we had to cross paths with bands like Cheap Trick or Alice in Chains, they'd go in the studio and they would really uh, bash out those songs and uh, and they really focused on one song at a time. And that's pretty much the approach most bands have to take right now. You can't do more than one song at a time. Uh, but if you can go in the studio and, and come up with a bunch of ideas and start laying them down, that's always exciting as well. And that's what I did on this record. Cause I didn't have a lot of time. We had, we had some restraints and uh, we had a deadline. We had to come through uh, a certain time to, to turn in those records or we, or we would get penalized. And uh, we told label would give us another week or so. Cause I think we've recorded uh brainwash generation was in 2020. And then, uh, Perfectly Imperfect, 2021, and fire and 2022, so it's three records in, in like a year and a half. And that's quite a bit. Most bands, you know, put a record out every three, four, five years. So it t- took a lot out of us. And during that time, by the way, while we were making those records, we were also touring around the country wow. out with a bunch of different bands uh, playing as support and also headlining. So... It's a lot of work, a lot of time, and then trying to make time to do my radio show as well. I'm on Dash Radio every week uh, with a program called a Rock. And you know, Dash Radio is just like Sirius XM. It's, a, it's one of those programs that it is. So I think we have uh, 13 million subscribers. It's absolutely massive. One of the biggest things I've ever had, been a part of, I should say. And uh, I want to make sure that I can make the deadline for those radio shows as well because I'm on seven days a week. And uh, Rudy starts those guys' own program on Sundays. and so. Dora is on there, Blaze Bailey, uh, the guys from uh, Alice Cooper's band, uh, most notably the great Ryan Roxy, and uh, the skit bass player, Rachel Boll, and also on the program, along with uh, a couple of some beautiful trim, like uh, Carrie Stevens from Playboy and uh, Claudia Comedy, who's absolutely fantastic, and Anne Erickson. So it's a program that's packed full of rock stars and celebrities but the one common denominator is we all love hard rock and heavy metal and uh, and it's commercial free that's maybe one of the reasons that the fans around the country have uh, embraced the program as as they have because uh, uh you can get it seven days a week 365 days a year and it's 24 7 a through z to haul off a better of hard rock and heavy metal so between doing all that stuff markets uh you know very challenging and then i'm making records for other guys too i just did the ann margaret record i know i sound like i'm bragging i don't want to be i like love that, but you asked a question and i figured get it out there but i'm on the new ann margaret record with uh jill perry from aerosmith and pete townsend from the who guys from stray cats around there rock uh robin ford's guitar i wanted to track so we did uh, a song called why do fools fall in love by frankie Lyman. Right. Uh, so I made time to do that. I'm also on the new Fuzz Bubble record. I like the song with uh, Mike Portnoy from the Winery Dogs. And uh, and then I'm finding myself doing these other little things that I think are really good. I, I just produced the Midnight Devil's last record that's on pavement. I produced Steve Ramone's record. And I produced uh, Burning Field, another band out of Nebraska. Uh, So I I try to stay as busy as possible. This is the first time all year in the last two years, actually, that I've had a couple weeks off where I could just spend a little time and just focus my attention on just doing radio shows and not having to go out and play gigs or produce somebody's record. But, you know, careful what you wish for, because that's going to change real soon. I got a lot of work coming up. So this is nice that I get a chance to get a small little break and uh, enjoy my family time. I, I don't know what keeps you going here, Chip. I mean, obviously
0: you love music and this happens a lot. I mean, we've tunes made what we try to do is turn people on to bust out of the, the same old songs I listen to all the time. And I looked at some of the playlists that you rock out to, and you're definitely mixing in some deep cuts, see a lot of influences there. What
2: keeps you going? I just think that what I've, what I've done, I would, the choices I've made in my life are very music related. That's the indelible mark that I'm leaving. Uh, if I can just, little Steven says, if you chip, if you're just a footnote, you've done well. I mean, we're in a day and age where it's still so much product, not enough demand. It's just, it's possible to hang on to every single band that's out there. On our radio station, we're playing a lot of old stuff along with new stuff. So, you, of course, you got Metallica and Queen and Guns N' Roses and Cheap Trick. And we we'll throw them out to the hoople in there. And then we mix them with Greta Van Fleet, Dirty Honey, Rival Sons, The Struts. So it's it's a mixture of new and old. Uh, and I I think that's uh, what keeps me excited by is just co- competing with everybody and just trying to find some room in there where people will pay attention to what we're doing. You know, at the end of the day, when you turn the radio on, you don't see people shaking their asses in smoke machines. You just hear the music. And, and I think it's important if I can go out there and make some good music and somebody out there hears it and they can use it for a movie or a TV show, that's cool too. But more than anything, go out there and play those songs to the people that followed us in the early days. We were on MTV and had hit songs, and radio was playing us all the time. That's exciting because you get to bring them back again to the old days, the first time that uh, they've actually met the band or uh, fell in love with the music or fell in love with their significant other. Uh, And We're responsible for good and bad, both. I think it's good. I'm pretty excited about what the future holds, though, because... Ah, uh, new music is being embraced all around the country. People want to hear new stuff. They don't want to hear their older bands just playing the old stuff. They want, they want a little potpourri. They want that mixture, and the, we certainly can provide that with twenty albums out. I don't have no idea how you put together your playlist. Who's putting that together? Are you responsible for your playlist? A uh, playlist on the radio when you're playing you, two, you, When you're playing live, yeah. When that I'm playing list, live, it's, it's it's yeah, it's me and the gang. We just talk about the songs and you know a lot of it's you know there's so many early records those people will get a chance to hear some of those songs so we try to mix it up and and play a song or two off of each of the earlier releases and then we work work our way toward you know the later records like a uh, brainwash generation or fire in the Sin or with stuff off uh, the diamond boy record that always does really well for us people want to hear some of those good songs and uh that's it's, a, it's the only fitting that we play them but I I think there's a lot of tracks that you come see our shows and you're surprised because there's some songs in there that weren't hit songs, but they're uh, strong songs live and people know them because they know those albums. So uh, you just, you try to play what you enjoy playing. That's first and foremost. And if it doesn't trip your trigger, don't even get involved. Uh, But I want to play songs that the fans know as well. And that's why you get the hits every single night. When you come see an Ups & Ups show, you're not just going to get Fly Michelle a New Thing and Baby Loves You. I mix it in with uh, some of the Beatles songs that we did back in, 2019 we put a record out called Saw that. hard rock night and it's all beatles songs from 1967 through 1970 but our interpretation is a little different uh, we, we tried to stay close to the belt but we record those beatles songs through big martial amplifiers and mesa boogies and, and svt amps and big drums and it's a reinterpretation of the beatles it's something that uh was real close to our heart and we always loved those songs and i think When you come see Enough Snuff, you get a a combination of those kind of songs. And it makes the whole set chock full of recognizable hit songs. I think that makes it more exciting for the fans.
0: I think it's interesting. I mean, the mix that I heard just going through your entire catalog, as you said, you're flipping a lot of different genres. So how do you keep your pipes? Are you one of those people that does a lot of warm up before you get on
2: stage are you you doing any special rituals nope the no the warm-up usually is yelling into a pillow or, or talking to people before a show not a lot of warm-ups like you would think and perhaps there might be some a little bit i uh, do a little bit of uh, breathing exercises but for the most part no it's uh, you do you, you get to the venue you do your sound check i do a couple of interviews when i'm there maybe there's a, a sound check experience or a meet and greet with the fans this mm-hmm. is always exciting. And I'm talking, I'm constantly doing stuff until it's showtime. And that's the same approach I've taken from the earlier days. When we played those early shows around Chicago, and we would play at the Thirsty Whale. And we would do two sets a night, two nights in a row, four shows we would do at the Thirsty Whale, all ages show in a 21 and over. It's very challenging. Uh, and those days, I was just singing most of the harmonies and maybe a couple songs lead. But now it's just worked out where I'm going to sing every single song. It's a challenge out there six days a week. Plus, you know, we're not traveling in a bus. Those early days, it was great, man. A beautiful little Prevo or Van Hool, 45 foot <laughs> bus. And we have a decent bus be loaded with, uh, with cocktails and pot. And we'd watch all kinds of videos and you know, see shows. And it was really an exciting time. And then when we got to a point where, uh, we couldn't do that anymore because it, we wouldn't bring any money home to our families. Couldn't support ourselves. Uh, we took a different approach. You just You know, go out and get a van and something smaller than a bus. Uh, usually, uh, you know, a transit, a sprinter, some or some kind of van and just go out there and the back line provided center rider and all the stuff that we need to the venues. And we just show up there and we play every night and that it worked. It seems to work out pretty well that way. We could, we're we're actually able to, uh, navigate these with tough waters out there. I don't know how some of these bands are doing it. Ticket prices are so high right now for audience. Uh, parking is ridiculous. A lot of people at the big shows they're flying in and there's a, it's, there's a big price to go see a concert to go back and bring it back in the old days. And we just did a tour with uh, London choir boys and bad marriage. Oh, yeah. and three great bands they have got records out there and they have a tour around the country and left an in indelible mark. And, I think that the future of music right now is consolidation, unless you're a, a huge, massive artist and the big ones are still sharing their stage with the other ones as well. But uh, for the most part, getting a bunch of bands together and, and sharing the stage, that's the way you're going to see in the future for a lot of artists. And then of course, you know, the newer artists are okay. They can go out there and uh, the Harry Styles and the uh, Ed Sharons and, and Taylor Swifts, so they can go out there and, uh, and do shows and it's going to be jam-packed as, and maybe they have one band ahead of them to support the gigs for the most part. Uh, the big ones, the Metallicas and the Guns N' Roses and and Motley Crue and Def Leppard they're all sharing a stage. It's a, it's a potpourri and it's a mix of love of different styles of music that is, sort of coexist together and the people get a bang for their buck that way and I, I, I think that's the wave of the future whether you're playing clubs theaters or arenas or even stadiums. Uh, to get three, four bands together and uh, so that people can actually enjoy themselves and get a different uh, uh, sense of balance when it comes to styles of music and sounds. And uh, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. I got to say that new thing that just opened up the sphere over in Las Vegas, I don't see that being a a venue that has um, more than one band because that's an experience where you just go in there and you just watch this huge LED lit, a massive light show that goes on with one band and U2 is one of the biggest rock bands out there. So some of those venues are going to just house one band. But for the most part, I think you're going to see in the future bands sharing the stage together. And that's going to be good for the fans. And, it's, and I think it's good for us, too. We like to, we like to share the stage with each other. And so it's, it's, it's only important to uh, get out there and give the fans the best show because you want them to come back again.
0: Yeah, I, I, those festivals are huge. And. I know residency has always been thrown around for a lot of the bands like that to make it work. And I guess from you, Chip, I mean, my co-host is a huge baseball fan. And he wanted me to ask you, is it true that you
2: had an early baseball career? Yeah, when I was younger, I had a chance that I tried out for a, a few major league teams in the minor league system. I had a guy named Benny Centur from the White Sox who was more like a tutor to me. Uh, he's a mentor more than anything. He would take me over, and he'd see me playing ball in school, and thought I had something special. And so I got a chance to throw uh, in the minor league system with the uh, Kansas City Royals, Milwaukee Reds, Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati Reds, Milwaukee Brewers, and the uh, Chicago White Sox. As a matter of fact, so uh, that was a nice experience. Uh, but then I found out after a while that I had more to say writing a song than throwing a curveball or a slider. Still love sports to this day. I love the competitiveness, and I, I think I bring some of that to my band, and uh, I use some of those uh, attributes when it comes to uh, putting songs together, and going out on tour.
0: So it's kind of have that uh, jock rock. If you remember that back in the day, that was a that was a big thing that was out there. Kept think people going, coming oh, yeah. to the stadiums. I
2: played it. I played it. I played it for years. The jock rock stuff. I used to go out and play those uh, wonderful. Th- uh, they had. to Great bands that would get together and they'd play with. there going to be a couple of superstar players on there, too, like uh, Ron Kill from the White Sox did a couple of those. I know that. Great ball player, wonderful guy. And uh, all the bands would get together Tesla and the Winger and LA Guns and the Faster Pussycats and Enough's Enough. And we'd all go out there and we'd play ball together. And this was great moments that we had. I'm not sure we can still do that right now. I think I can still do it, but I'm not sure the other guys could. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of fun. Uh, those rock and jock games, uh, a great experience and good time to hang out with each other because most of the year, most of the rock bands are all well, travel around the country. We don't see each other. So anytime you get a chance to share a stage or do something cool, uh, you, you try to grab onto that because it's a really, there's some great moments come out of that experience. Yeah. You can't
0: forget those, that camaraderie. And I guess want to be respectful of time, Chip. I mean, it's great catching up with you, learning about your music and what you're doing now. And I guess for you, you talked about all the touring you've been doing. Is there any memorable moments that maybe somebody you toured with taught you out on the road that you're like, I'll never forget that?
2: Well, Rick Nielsen said to me, you know, we're not all built to do this job, but the ones that are, go do it. And uh, I've taken that to heart, that's for sure. Uh, I think the best thing to do for any musicians out there, the moments I've had, you know, I've I've cross paths and and played and shared the stage with so many great bands out there uh, just to keep it going the best you can without uh, finding yourself uh, falling into the pitfalls of substance abuse. I think that's your biggest danger out there. Try to keep your health together and play as well as you can every single night and realize that's a wash, rinse, repeat gig. It's not any different than working at U.S. Steel in a lot of ways, except you don't have to get up every single morning. Although enough, enough days I had to. Uh, because uh, we had a great record company. We were with at Atlantic Records, and they had us getting up at six in the morning to do all the radio shows, the early radio shows. I think I learned a lot from that. A lot of discipline, and we were able to withstand the punishment there because you get up at six in the morning, you go to a radio station, eight o'clock in the morning, you get back. You know, you get it back in the ride to go to the next radio station. By the time you get back to sound check, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, and you do your sound check by two or three. Yeah, a chance to relax for a couple hours. Hope maybe not. Maybe another interview or so, or a meet and greet, and then you're on stage by seven, or eight o'clock, playing a big show, playing for a couple hours a night, and it takes a lot out of you if you're not disciplined. So, I've always got good advice from a lot of different guys out there. But like the cheap trick guys have been like big brothers to us, and uh, they play on records with enough snuff as well. So it's nice to you can listen to the older guys that uh, have been through it and and, and take their word. Uh, as the Bible because uh they they've been doing it for a long time and they're still doing it and uh, that's one that's my approach every single day so just to get up there and try to give the best show possible hang out with the fans and uh there's some storytelling in there that's great It's great experiences going around the country there's nothing about that when you're touring and just try to take everything in I got a book I'm I'm writing but I you know I've been on hiatus on it but I'm hoping in the next year or so I'll be able to get it out there and it, and it tells a lot of stories and shows. Uh, Basically, it exposes uh, the worst and tattoos of what I've been through in the last 40 years with Enough's Enough. Can't wait for that. I mean, there's been a lot out there on the internet about
0: what happened there, and you can probably catch four or five different YouTube series I think I've caught. So to hear it straight from someone that's been in the band, that sounds really exciting. And on top of that, you're producing, writing new music, you're touring. What else is up your sleeve there chip
2: uh sounds like a well, lot my schedule is pretty full because uh in january we start that rock island fest over in the key west florida with stone Tubble pilots and uh, there's quite a few bands that are on there i know buck sherry's on there as well Dee Snyder, brent michaels and i know that's a long it's going to be a long little run on there it's i think five days out in florida playing a bunch of shows And then right from that, I jump on to the Glenn Hughes tour with uh, Bad Marriage. And I'm out all the way until uh, March 2nd. And then we jump on the Monsters of Rock cruise, which is great. 3,500 drunken salty dogs on the boat. There's 30-something bands on there. The cat Larry Moran knows how to put together a show. He gets all the greatest rock bands out there. I think The Darkness is on the next one that we'll be playing with, with, of course, L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat and all those bands from that era. It's really a wonderful time to celebrate that kind of music. And it's that's five days on that boat, uh, traveling from Miami to Jamaica. And I think we go to the Dominican Republic. And then when, as soon as I get off the boat, after the fifth show, I, I immediately get off the boat and I got to go right to an airport and fly to England and do hard rock hell. So my schedule is pretty packed up right now. But I know there'll be a brand new Enough Snuff record down the pipeline because we're recording it right now. Ah. And, uh, you know, I, I see Slash is pillaging my idea because I was getting, I'm I'm doing a record and it's all blues songs, you know, from the old days, from 1930s on. And I've been working on it for a while. So let's see how that plays out. Uh, that, and along with an enough, enough solo record and then uh, a live record, live at the Whiskey Go Go that we did uh, this year. Uh, so hopefully, uh, three more records are count in 2024. Along with the touring, Uh, our our plate is full, my friend. Uh, Anything else that's going to go on, it's a surprise because things, you know, pop into every once in a while, stuff comes up and I go, man, it's what a wonderful opportunity here. I got to go out and play with these cats. So we'll we'll see what happens next. Uh, But a lot of touring going on. And that's basically my life is uh, taking the show on the road. So thinking back on your career, is there something that amazes you the most? Yeah, that we're still going after all these years. I mean, the average life expectancy, and I've mentioned it before, is, you know, three, four, five years for any band. Still be going after all these years, over 20 albums out there and just making good music where we've always been the critics' darlings. And it all started from the early days with Howard Stern grabbing onto the band and having us on his show and introducing us to his millions of uh, people that listen to his program and getting on David Letterman and doing all those TV shows. It's really done a lot, but the touring is the. Really left the indelible mark where people can come out and see the show and see the band live, and that's pretty special, right there. Uh, it's, sense. it's. I'm pretty lucky and uh, I'm very blessed. Like I said earlier, it's a thank God it's a blessing from above that uh, we get this opportunity to go out there and we play these kind of shows, and these and the people can still come out and see the band while we still look halfway decent, and, and I still look like the guy that it was that came out years and years ago. So that's it. That's the miracle right there. Well. Keep <laughs> flying that hard
0: rock torch up there. I'll tell you that much. I, I know I enjoy it. So it's uh,
2: definitely an inspiration and go to dot enough.com. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, you go Twitter and Facebook and it chips enough Facebook chips enough Twitter. Uh, yeah. But enoughsnuff.com, enoughsnuff enough snuff Twitter enoughsnuff enough Instagram. E N U F F Z N U F F. You see it all right there. It's, we're pretty transparent. New music. Every single year, uh, new videos. There's a new video that's out right now for uh, for a song called Catastrophe, uh, which is on the Fire and Sin record. You can check that out if you get a chance to. It's a wonderful track right there. And uh, I'm sure there'll be some surprises next year. Hey, maybe they'll put us on and we'll get on the Black Crows Aerosmith tour. You'll see us out there maybe. I doubt it, but maybe that could happen. Uh, there's a, miracles do happen in the world. And I didn't even go track by track down a new album,
0: but Catastrophe had a really catchy hook, so... I can't wait to check that video out.
2: I appreciate that. Yeah. wonderful stuff that we got coming up for a year. And uh, I wish everybody the best out there. Uh, There's a lot of bands to follow. If you love music and you love your favorite bands, support them. That's what you need to do. You can't expect them to stay alive just with Spotify. Uh, You got to go out there and get the records. And if you can't get the records on through social media, go to the show, see the band. It's always special. The bands appreciate it. I'm not the only guy out there. that will say that. Uh, without the fans we're just regular musicians just playing music you know you need you need the people out there keep it rocking chip it was always a pleasure uh your
0: music and it's really great to have you give us an update on everything you're working on
2: mark i appreciate it. listen bless you and your family i'm sure i'll see you on the road next year my friend 100 percent. thanks bro cheers cheers
0: cheers All right. Welcome back from the interview. Ray, that was fascinating. Okay. First thing that jumped out to me. Remember those rock and jock games?
1: I hadn't thought about those in years, but yeah, that was a thing on MTV. And as somebody who has at various points thought about the connections between music and baseball, I thought about writing about it at various points. Peter Gammons, the longtime baseball writer for the Boston Globe and then ESPN, he put out an an album a number of years ago and he was always into music and he'd make music references when he was on espn all the time there are numerous baseball stars who also put out albums recently i even got the one i've longed for for years ruben sierra the from the you know late 80s to the early 2000s he played in mm-hmm. the major leagues and he put out a couple albums and i got his first album finally 30 years later and jack mcdowell the former cy young award winner I had a band called Extend Agenda, and then he had another band after that. I can't remember the other band's name off the top of my head now, but there's always been these these interesting connections between music and baseball, and the Rock and Jock softball games, I mean, they were like just the, the embodiment of bringing those two worlds together. And I don't remember, I, I'm trying to, to to rack my brain, I just always remembered, probably because I like baseball and I like music, but I remember... It was probably Adam Curry or something back on MTV. He he just seems like this would have been something that he talked about in the late '80s when "Enough's Enough" first hit in 1989. It it just seems like he's the one who would have talked about it. I don't know that he was, but but that mm-hmm. they talked about it on MTV again. I wasn't hearing "Enough's Enough" on the radio. I you know my local radio stations. I don't maybe they maybe they played them and I just don't remember it. But I you know I I doubt it. I really knew them from MTV and they were getting good rotation on MTV. And so I'm, I know that MTV in some capacity mentioned that he was a baseball player and he had, he had played, you know, baseball before he decided on a music career. And, and so, yeah, the idea that, you know, he's still, you know, fit and ready to go to play baseball is just fabulous.
0: Yeah. And it's just amazing how much culture was an MTV back then. And that kind of brings me to next point i thought it was interesting too is we talked about you know they've done a lot of albums and this desire to keep going and one of the things he said was about talking to cheap trick and they said hey just keep going and i think it's interesting how some bands can kind of emulate another band and say well hey if they've been going this long why don't we do the same thing and you think about the Rolling Stones, and you think about bands like Iron Maiden that are still going out there. Some of these bands have to be inspiring others to keep going.
1: Yeah, you know, that that's a really interesting point. And, and you think about Cheap Trick's a great example, right? They had that wave of success in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Then they kind of hit a bit of a bump in the road in the mid-80s. And then came back bigger than ever in 1988, right? They had Lap of Luxury uh, album produced their their biggest hit the flame got a couple other top 40 hits in fact it's funny i i just heard so they had you know the flame came out and it was a huge smash right number one hit summer of 88 and then they followed that up with the remake of uh, don't be cruel which i hit number four uh, elvis presley's don't be cruel and then i do you remember their, their third single off of that ghost town
0: that was a great I, song
1: yeah, I actually just heard that on 80s on 8 on on Sirius XM the other day and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't heard this in front. And I still, you know, I could still sing the refrain and you know, and Cheap Trick and then their, their next album that came out after that which was uh, 1990 and they had uh Can't Stop Falling in Love, right? You know, and and then they kind of faded again after that, but they they've still been putting out music, right? And so you see that you know, these bands that just just stick with it and they they run a run of success. They might have another run of success in there, but you know, they're still sticking with it. And, you know, again, the idea that enough's enough's kept going, I was, it's interesting, as we've been talking, I was looking up uh, some info on them and, you know, in the U S they really, they hit with their first two albums and they hit the, their, their first two albums hit the billboard top 200 albums chart. Right but it looks like one of the things that's helped keep them successful is their success in Japan. Like they've had nine albums hit the Japan albums chart, including a run of seven in a row from 1999 to 2018. So part of what's keeping them going is, you know, as you've talked about, they're just, you know, they they just want to keep cranking out the music and they're still inspired to do so but apparently they're, they're doing all right in Japan.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he talked about that. He said, you know, the best way to support your favorite band is to go see them out on the road. And we talked about that streaming and all these other things are really Mm -hmm. hard these days to keep bands afloat. And COVID kind of put a little bit of ice on the ability to tour, but that's back in full swing. And that is interesting. I also asked him about, you know, the difference between, you know, US and outside of the yep. country and he definitely said it was it was different. So that is totally in line with what we talked about.
1: Yeah, no, and that's that's important and you look at all these stars and they they go around the world. They're cognizant of the success they've experienced around the world. They acknowledge that success you know, we just did our, our last episode on Richard Barks and I've seen plenty of interviews of him. He's talking about, you know, the, the love he... I recently saw an interview, he's talking about the love he feels uh, in Australia. You know, he'll tweet or is it X about whatever now. and He'd talk about his experiences in Indonesia and, you know, all over the place, right? So uh, in South America, in Europe. And and so it's it's great to see... How this international success, and you know, and we've seen that with plenty of artists before. One of the most famous, right, David Hasselhoff, right? You know, who who ran his his success as a as a musician based off his popularity in Germany, right? He didn't really hit the U.S., but you know, and Norm Macdonald used to make this this great joke on Saturday Night Live about how much Germans love David Hasselhoff, and that's it. It it shows us that sort of interconnectedness of the world and how as you said, and as Chip talked about, you know, that things are different in different areas, but you, you still, you rely on that, and that's an important part of your career.
0: And he keeps reinventing himself. He's talking about some future projects, working on a book, working on another live album that's coming out soon, and then also, he said he's in the works of doing a blues album, and he's like, hey, you know, it looks like Slash could be taking my same idea, so he's working and trying to get it out there, but I think that's just one thing if you like what you do you keep working at it and think of all the artists we talked about we talked about Madonna and all these other artists that just kind of reinvent themselves even in our last podcast we talked about it's you hit a bump in the road you do some songwriting and then you come back later so i think if you're in this for the long haul you're going to continually reinvent yourself
1: yep that's that's how it has to be You know, or else you're really not gonna be able to find new bases of fans to to keep you going. And yep, that's the all the greats have done it.
0: Yeah, well it was great to have Chip on. Last thing I, I can't forget to mention this is he recently is a host of a streaming radio show and he talks about the love of that too, being able to put together just new music from classic artists and putting together some hard rock, heavy metal and I think Rudy Sarzo's on there from Quiet Riot fame. So it's cool that you have these other avenues of being able to get music. And there's so much at our fingertips now. So if you're out there, don't forget to listen to Chip on his radio show. And we'll post all the information up here at Toonsmate. We've got some more interviews up on the way. And we're going to continually put... I mean, there was some really cool stuff I saw you put up there today. I saw Stage Dolls and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And that band, <laughs> uh, I got some promo tape. I went to one of those like radio uh, giveaways somewhere and I got their tape and I was like, hey, this band's cool. And I just, I played the heck out of that tape. So whenever I see those songs, once again, another flashback, we just get yep. uh, Nuss Enough and Stage Dolls together.
1: I mean, it just goes to show some of the great stuff that came out, you know, and year by year we can go through and we can consistently find stuff to listen to and stuff to rediscover uh, stuff to remember and, you know, all the great stuff that we're able to talk about.
0: So once again, subscribe to our blog and follow our podcast. And for everyone here at Teensmate, I'm Mark and I'm Ray, and we will see you next time.